This is Harlan, Chris, Michael, and Kraloth of Vandor. No, you're, you're just... Seriously? Paladin of Bahamut, Slayer of the Eye Beholder. And you're listening to Seven Land Hand. It's Seven Land Hand! <laughs> Brought to you Australia-wide by Good Games. All aboard, it's the Colt Express. Not a newspaper about horse racing, but a train robbery game set in the Wild West. The Western genre has more B-grades than my high school report on apiculture, but this is an A-grade game and has numerous characters going down on Django more frequently than on Quentin Tarantino's casting couch. Do you think the Lone Ranger is an elf that works at your local bank? Are your meeples facing the wrong way? Turn around and have a reverse cowgirl. All these pro tips and solutions to follow. This is the Magnificent Seven. Land hand. Cult Express is a deck management programming game from Asmodee that takes place on an actual 3D train. Ding! Not life-size. It was released in 2014, just in time to win the 2015 Spiel de Jars, and was designed by mathematical madman Christoph Rambolt. It's a game for two to six players who are, sorry toddlers, older than ten, and aims to give you about 30 to 40 minutes of scheming and stealing action. The game's elevator pitch is in French, but might read as follows. In Colt Express, you play a desperado who attacks a passenger train. No mercy, no possible alliance. Between the cars, on the train's roof, bullets come from everywhere. The outlaws are injured, the marshal patrols the train, thwarts the plans of the ba- and thwarts the plans of the bandits. He's an additional threat in this extraordinary project. Who will become the best gunslinger? Who will get the greatest share of the loot? Each character has his own personality, but at the end of the day, they all have the same goal. Romance. No, I mean, uh, (laughs) to get the biggest slice of the pie in robbing the passengers. One disclaimer before we proceed, uh, Christoph Rambolt is not a madman. However, he once stated that he shot the sheriff, but he did not shoot the marshal, because it's not in the rules at all. He will also be joining us later in the show, so stay tuned to hear from the man himself. What does it all mean to gamers? Today in the pod, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for the latter two, I have Matt Brokeback McHale. Yee-haw! That's the sound of you having your back broken. That's right. In a tent pretty with a painful. man who's very much in love with you. Pretty, pretty painful. And Jamie, how do you like your vittles, Lawrence? Hey, where are the white women at? Oh, do we need to edit that out? We... <laughs> <laughs> it's Blazing Saddles. They don't have to oh, edit Blazing okay. Saddles out. Sorry, I just punched a horse in the face. I'm up to speed. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what I'm good at. I didn't know, you know, from the good, the bad and the ugly thing I said earlier on. Yeah. I'll have to call my mum, find out what I'm good at. Anyway, apart from intense research for this podcast, what have you guys been up to with the rest of your geeky lives? Well... Speaking of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we've already made references. The G, the B, and the U. The G, the B, and the U. I watched the hell out of that on Netflix the other day. And I I, I don't know how I've missed it. I know. Because uh, I know I've seen pieces of it. I know it's part of a trilogy. But uh, I hadn't actually sat down and watched the whole thing. And I did. I sat down. Well, I didn't sit down. I I stood up while doing the dishes. Yeah. So dishes... Sorry, no. <laughs> the dishes. Don't mind me. Took me three hours to do. Yeah. Or almost three hours, as it's a th- almost three-hour movie, and I loved every little bit of it. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's, it's a, a great movie. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it had everything for such a, you know, a relatively unknown cast at the time. <laughs> it's a relatively unknown movie. Relatively unknown. No, no. Well, I mean, from what I read, I read a little bit of around it, and it didn't reach its 
um, cult following status until much later. So, Is that right? Yeah, it apparently just because the spaghetti was western dismissed. was the big thing at that time. I thought I, mean, I don't know. Well, I... when they say they were big things, they were um, mm. they weren't exactly popular. They were out there. There was a lot of them made, mm. but they weren't exactly accepted widely at the time. It wasn't until later that they started to get. And completely out of contact without any kind of knowledge. So, you know, a little bit different to what the podcast usually delivers. (laughs) I would imagine there was more of a serial kind of uh, uh, culture at the time, wasn't it? Going to the cinemas and seeing something. So they just needed bulk uh, product, didn't they, I suppose? So they're just churning out movies, I'm guessing. Well, looking at where the origin, you know, they all came, a lot of them came out of Europe. Yeah. Um, They didn't have origin movies back then. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the other three. So did they go into the old origin of... uh, Blondie? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> What's really interesting about Westerns is that uh, they became popular largely because there was so much McCarthyism trying to stamp down superheroes. Uh, <laughs> so in the sort of the post-war era, uh, there was all this massive explosion of superhero literature. Um, you know, the comics were just full of costumed vigilantes. Yeah. And uh, McCarthy hated it. He, th- he thought that, you know, it was corrupting the youth and, uh, and he wasn't alone in that. And so they created a, the comics code, which prevented the depiction of anything fun. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds like and communism. Meant that, that comics became kind of boring, uh, and they all had to start doing westerns. So it was okay to be a hero that went around like shooting, like picking on people in villages and shooting them for buying gingham <laughs> and stuff like that, or just like killing loads of Indians. That was that was fine. Oh, absolutely. Right. But you know what? The best Westerns, so, Native just Americans, like the good, the bad, and the ugly, apologies. they're always the ones that walk that moral ambiguity line. You don't have the clear-cut good guy or the bad guy. You've got a situation that's really ugly, and you've got somebody trying to sort it out, and usually they have to use two guns. And that's the cool th- that is the cool thing about the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I can remember for years as a kid, you know, I must have seen the movie two or three times as a kid, which is a lot back in the day. And just asking my parents constantly, which one's the good? Which one's the bad? Which one's the ugly? I guess Clint Eastwood is the good guy, but he keeps doing bad things and he keeps and messing, screwing people over, you know? That's the funny thing, you know, uh, what's the definition of good? Purely, it must be on his practical skill because he's a crack shot. Uh, you know, he can shoot a, a, a rope from you know, a, what yeah. looks like a kilometer away. So he's good at that. And, you know, and, and hit his target every time. So I guess in that sense of good, his definition of good, he's good. But mm-hmm. uh, he does, like you say, Jamie Walker, mo- very uh, that moral line. Um, so yeah, well, my, my go-to western, much as I love the good, bad, and the ugly, my go-to western for sure is True Grit. Uh, especially the Coen Brothers remake of it is just genius. It's such an amazing film. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Actually, it's funny. I watched the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Then I also watched True Grit. And then I watched Three Tens of Yuma, so I had a real Western. Are we reviewing, fest. We're reviewing movies from the 19, 1960s here, aren't we? Well, no, these are well. Well, let's save it for the, the quiz. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. But um, the other thing I've been doing was. So, can I just say one thing? Yeah. My my tip for the good, sure. the bad, and the ugly is uh, Clint Eastwood is the good, Lee Van Cleef is the bad, and Eli Wallach is the ugly. There you go. No offense to Eli if you <laughs> happen to be still alive. He seemed to be quite a handsome man underneath all that dirt and unshavenness. You think? um, I've also been hanging out at uh, Good Games Cannington on Thursday night, uh, playing some games with the board game community. And uh, 
I play had the opportunity to play with Family Lau, who uh, are always Family there. Lion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're they're a board gaming institution these they are, days unto themselves. And we played uh, Lanterns, uh, which I'd not played before. Uh, yeah, how is that? That's, there's a lot of noise about that. It, it's I enjoyed it, but it moved very quick for someone who for, for first play. Oh, there's hands going everywhere. Uh, if you're familiar with it, well, I was familiar with it in high school. We had this party at the <laughs> oh, different sorry, different things. Lanterns is actually one of my favorite family games. Yeah, like just get the family together. It's it's quick. It's easy enough for the kids to play. It's it's beautiful to look at. I really quite like it. Out of the same stable as Hanabi, I think. Um, oh, okay. In a sense, in that, is it? it's, it's well, in that abstractness, I think you're trying to create a lantern festival and. But anyway, hmm. uh, I enjoyed that one. The other ones, I, I then played Roll for It, which I think has to be, for the components in this game, the most expensive board game of its type. <laughs> Roll for It. What Roll it for like? It. It's four just dice, nice. 160 bucks. What is it? <laughs> well, it's more than four dice. It's, it's like six times ten players. So it's, is it, no, no, it's not that many, is it? Um, I'm telling the story, and I'm surprised I don't know. But facts, anyway, facts, Matt. It's facts. a tin. It's a tin box yeah. with a bunch of dice and a, a, a looks like a 52 player deck of cards. And the price, it's like 70 bucks. It's expensive yeah. for things that you could probably quite easily just mock up yourself if you had the time or the inclination. But it's a it, it's a a fast game. Uh, it was very enjoyable, I must say. Uh, that that whole element of press your luck, uh, rolling, wait until your numbers come up. Then then you have that little bit of a thrill when you can uh, uh, claim a card because you've rolled the combination of dice. Um, so that, yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I would it would include it in my connection, collection. The other one was my favourite of the night, which was Happy Pigs. Okay. About uh, raising pigs on a farm and in, inoculating your pigs and then feeding them and, and making them into bigger pigs and then having weird pig-related uh, sexy times and oh, I was about to selling s- your pigs. I was and, about, oh, I see. I was about to state yeah. my, uh, this sounds more like a real-world <laughs> game which doesn't make for, you know, doesn't excite me. You it's know? Agricola, but way, way, way more fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think. That's, that's what I can, I, I love that game. And, and it was a really good uh Nice light game that I think I would uh, definitely try and introduce to the wife, I think. Pig loving. Pig loving. Okay. Yeah, a bit of that. Jamie, you're getting away from this before it goes any further. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, I have been... I've been really busy, actually. There hasn't been a lot of geek time. I've continued painting Warhammer Quest, and I'm nearly done with that. Oh, yeah, uh, nice. And uh, this, this week I'm hoping to sit down and actually play the game, which was even more exciting. I saw some uh, of that. Yeah, I think you put some of that up on the uh, our Facebook page. Yeah, I threw page, up a couple you? of pictures. I've, I've yeah. come a bit further since then, but um, yeah, it, it's a good uh, it's a good looking game, and um, the miniatures are great. And the other thing I've been doing is watching Stranger Things on Netflix, which oh, is cool. a fantastic show. It's uh, yeah, I guess you guys have noticed this whole thing lately of having period pieces set in the sixties and seventies and eighties, right? This is the most eighties show I've ever seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> From yeah. the opening credits. They've, they've got, like, John Carpenter music right up to the notion that, you know, four kids on BMXs can save the world. <laughs> uh, 
this, it's just so reminiscent of everything I watched in my youth. It's great. I've seen that pop up on uh, after everything I've watched, and uh, it, I'm moving it actually to the top of my uh, to watch list while I'm doing the dishes. So yeah, I'm going to give it a go probably sometime in the next couple of days. It's interesting you mentioned that um, that the period pieces, but more 70s, 80s, 90s, because um, the thing I've been uh, marathoning of late is uh, Fargo, but Fargo Season 2. Have you seen oh, any of that? I loved Season 2. It was great. Oh, it's so fun, isn't it? And there's so many good things about it. I'm trying not to make too many spoilers, I suppose. But um, Well, I haven't seen it. I've seen the, the, the Coen Brothers movie. That's it. I haven't okay, checked the well, season yet. Well, Seriously. all the TV seasons, uh, as far as I know, is that... Um, the the there is almost almost like that genre thing. Uh, mm. The second season is a seventies one, and oh. it's in the same setting, and you've got that quirky kind of accent there, and people doing bizarre stuff. Lots of like gratuitous violence, like all of the time. In this one, there's kind of two uh, uh, not um, not mafia t- uh, gangs, but you know, yeah. it's like uh, you've got your clicky kind of family. I don't know what you would call them. You know, there's like a in the middle of Minnesota, there's just a family that just rules the entire area. And they're kind of just like that, you know, organized crime kind of people, but they're really rough. And there's another one from somewhere else. And there's some other people that get involved and there's the police. There's always seems to be like a couple of police characters that are involved in it. And it's hilarious. It's violent. It's surprising. You know, you, you I was watching it with my wife and we're saying, Oh, I can see where this episode's going to go. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it totally didn't. And it, Total left turn, yeah. How rare is it that you watch something and it doesn't just unfold the way you're expecting it to? Oh man, I'm I'm so glad my stands, my free stands subscription has run out now, so I can focus my <laughs> attentions back on Netflix. Uh, I don't know if Fargo's on Netflix oh, because don't tell uh, me that. I torrented. Don't it. tell me it was on Maybe. Stan. I didn't. It is on Stan. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> <sighs> oh well. Look, the other exciting thing that I've seen. Speaking of period pieces. Is I went today and saw the new Ghostbusters. Oh, which, yeah, that came out today, didn't it? Or, uh, yeah. it, came, it came out last oh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really, really good. It has all this wonderful homage and, and idea of the legacy. Uh, they bring back all the old actors for cameos, but they've actually just made a really good script and then filled in all this extra stuff around it. I was really, really happy with it. Oh, that's good, because I'm extremely nervous about them. Not Well, not nervous. I'm just... I think I've said this before. Just annoyed that they don't do new ideas. So I was always like, you know, if they bring back an old um, franchise that we've enjoyed in the past, it's like, come on, why, why don't we do something new? Um, so, but, but also, equally, I saw... Um, I've forgotten who it was. Uh, a, a female actor um, tweeted a picture of three different movies. I can't remember what it was. One of them was Wonder Woman. One of them was this new Ghostbusters movie. And it was like little girls going up to these characters or the, the actors who are these heroes and, like, you know, idolizing them. Yeah. And the comment on the tweet was just, this is important. And I thought, yeah, this is cool. You know, little girls are going to go, I can rock this world. You know, I can be a hero too. You know, we're not having a look up to um, The Rock or something. Well, my... <laughs> My six-year-old daughter loved the movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, so good. it's 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 family friendly. As family friendly as the original one was, you know, there's there yeah. are some scary moments, but they're not scary. Legit, they're not terrifying. They're just. Has your six-year-old seen the library scene from the first one? Yeah, she has. Yeah. And how did she cope with that? Oh, she was okay. Yeah. She did the whole, you know, burrow into my shoulder thing, but then <laughs> had a bit of a laugh because you know it's a bit silly. And there's a similar scene at the start of this one. Um, but um, I don't think my yeah, six-year-old. Look, it, would. It, 
survive. Was not, <laughs> it was not a really, really scary thing. Oh, fair enough. All right, cool. Uh, well, Fargo, that was... Oh, did we, we talk about Penny, Penny Dreadful ending last time? Have we done that? What, season two? S- no, season three, season four. Oh, well, season I've only seen season one, so um, I have heard it's wrapped up. It is wrapped up, and then I went a step further. I found out that um, there, was, there was a catalogue from Titan Comics out a while ago, and they had um, uh, Penny Dreadful, the comic book series, yeah. which I just went, nah, that's just going to be derivative nonsense. I won't even worry about it. And then Penny Dreadful ended, and I thought, well, I want a little bit more Penny Dreadful. <laughs> so I, I read about it. Uh, the comic book is written by the same people that write the TV series, yeah. and it's a prequel to season one. So I thought, hey, I want to get in on this, right? So rang up my local comic book dealer. Can I get, uh, you know, the the first issue? No, nah, you can't do that anymore. But uh, apparently, the trade paper is going to be coming out in the next couple of months, so it might be worth getting on. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I, I've ordered it anyway. So. Well, I'm still plugging away with The Walking Dead, so um, I'm hoping that the new trade back paperback should be out soon. I think I think there's about a three month cycle on those, so. I think it's coming up for a new one, but yeah. sounds like another thing to get into. Uh, hey, before we, before we uh, head off into uh, Cult Express World to get back into the Western theme, mm. uh, have you got a Lost update? What happened with that? Is, if, did you give it away? Well, now that I'm back on Netflix, yeah, I'm you, back on Lost. Jeez, ah, <laughs> you, you haven't learned what, what season are you up to yet? I'm sure listeners <laughs> listeners uh, listeners want to hear that moment of disappointment in your voice when you go. No, you see, know, I'm, guys, I'm still only up to about season three, so <laughs> oh, I've, I've got a while before I've heard it gets really bad. I think there was still hope in season three before <laughs> whether you thought this could still go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you updated. Okay, good stuff. Or maybe we'll I'll just not. And no, then no. it'll slip away into the ether. No, no, we want to hear that moment when you're... <laughs> I don't think we'll let it die. Let's <laughs> bring something into everyone's, uh, into everyone's mind escape at the moment. Uh, Cult Express. Oh, yeah, Cult Express. Let's do a bit of that. Win Cult Express for commenting on the Facebook page for this show. We're up to episode 72, and that's at facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand. We'll announce last month's winner of Cthulhu Realms a bit later in Neats and Twos. This month, to draw a random winner, Good Games flick through uh, Good Games HQ flicked through the pages of the Necronomicon and then deciphered the combination of arcane script and eldritch lithographs using a blacklight and picked our lucky wit listener. Ew. So, yeah, well, stay tuned for that. <laughs> it's interesting actually because I've got a grease stain right on the on uh, where it says. Let's uh, not go near that. Yeah, Necronomicon's. Got, yeah, anyway. I'm not touching your page. Okay. Uh, every month, Good Games are also offering our listeners a special offer on the game we review. Uh, this month, it will be Cult Express. Uh, while stocks last, Seven Land Hand listeners can get 10% off Cult Express at every Good Games store in the colonies. All you have to do is tie your horse up at the door, ask your Good Games store employee for three fingers of prairie dew, which I understand is whiskey. Oh, really? Yeah, so you probably they haven't got any of that. And state this month's password, fellas. Yeehaw! Reach for the sky. Yeah, go with reach for the sky, because that's the actual password. Reach for the sky. For all of August... <laughs> Reach for the Reach sky. Reach for the sky. Which I've got down as R F R four T S. Remember to uh, have the fake uh, pistol in your pocket so that it looks like you're holding the joint up. Oh yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, the, the, don't hold the joint up. That would be bad. No. <laughs> so that's wild stocks last. Reach for the sky. Okay, on with the show. Cult Express. Cult Express. Matt, what? What? Where? Where? Uh, uh, yeah, where are we? Well, where? The 11th of July, 
1899 at 10 a.m. This now, is that's, that's really specific. Yeah. The Union Pacific Express has left Folsom. Now, I, I questioned before whether that's the same Folsom that Johnny Cash sings about. Folsom Prison? Reckon it is. Pilgrim. In New Mexico. With 47 passengers on board. And after a few minutes, gunfire and hurrying footsteps on the roof can be heard. Heavily armed bandits have come to rob the honest citizens of their wallets and jewels. Will they succeed in stealing the suitcase holding the Nice Valley Coal Company's weekly pay, despite it having been placed under the supervision of Marshal Samuel Ford? Oh, he's got a name. I don't know if that's a fictional character or, hmm. uh, or somebody of, of uh, note. Will these bandits hinder one another more than the Marshal, since only the richest one can come out on top? So it's a... Uh, Straight into the uh, books of your dime, uh, into the uh, recesses of your dime novels of uh, Western themes, bandits, rootin', robbers, tootin', rootin', shootin', tootin', shootin all words that line with tootin' and shootin'. Yeah, ootin'. Yeah. And Putin. And scheming and stealing is that's what it's Putin's all about. in a surprising number of Westerns. <laughs> is he? <laughs> Russian. Wow, that's amazing. Well, these be um, Soviet bloc westerns, would they? Absolutely. Seven land hand fact of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the Russian West? Is that, uh, is that like um, the Russian West? Siberia? Uh, the Ukraine? Yeah, Ukraine. I was going to say Ukraine, but yeah. then I realised I don't really know. <laughs> so, but this, this game is amazing looking on the, yeah. on, the board, on the table in front of you because, you know, you've got your card games, you've got your board games, and then one step beyond, you've got your build a train and its own scenery and have that in front of you. And that's what you're looking at here. You're looking at like a proper 3D train. And this is definitely the first game I've ever come across to do this. It is? To make a 3D, a three-dimensional train, locomotive and carriages. Now, I, I, you know, yes, it's got meeples in it. And there's something inherently in me that just hates the idea of meeples full stop. (laughs) But... Time and time again, I'm proved wrong. Five tribes, for example. Yeah, exactly. As soon as we opened it and I was like, oh, so many meeples. I was like, nah, I'm not going to enjoy this. And then I was immediately proved wrong. When you looked at them. <laughs> same, same thing here. We've got uh, meeples for little cowboys. In the shape of gunslingers, yeah. Yeah, and a sheriff. It's, yeah. So we've got, um, well, the sheriff's the same shape as everybody else. <laughs> but it's, it's absolutely genius that the, the cards that you press the train out of there's you know how the spare card that you usually throw in the bin yeah they use that just to make pointless bits of cacti perhaps <laughs> and uh, rockery and skulls for the and they just sit around at the table just for fun adding uh theme no, nothing to the game but they had theme and i love that they did that i mean it's just it so, is really cool how cool is that and then you've got like a well let's say it does actually say on the box 132 cards so when I got my 80-pack of sleeves and thought, ho, ho, clever, playing ahead here, David, thought ahead, got the sleeves ready to go. Nah, you've got to get 132 of them, okay? An 80-pack so isn't going to do packs, it. packs, yeah. Then you've got uh, a six, six, six characters, uh, each with its own car- character card, and a bag full of loot, which are also, yeah. is also pressed out of the same heavy stock card. That's it. It, it is really good quality stock, and it fits together nicely. Uh, it links, the train even links at its uh, front and rear so that it all stays together as you uh, make train noises and start moving it across the table. As you could do that, the train's moving. Yeah. You know, but 
Um, the art all keeps him in, uh, yeah. is in shape. It's We've that playful style. Jordi Valbuena, I'll say, is how you say his name. He, d- he did all the art. But the, they've also got in the box, they've got the um, Ian Paravel. Paravel. He did the 3D design and consulting. So I guess he's the genius behind the 3D train. It must be. And the, uh, the, the notice on uh, the instruction manual on how to put the train together, yeah. which is very useful. Yeah, it actually is. It's 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 not difficult at all. It, we actually had a quite fun. I mean, it's not some, it's not a game you're going to pop out and set up and be playing super quick. You've got to build the train, but it that was we had a good time. But you only we? have to build it once. You have to build it once due to the genius of the actual well box. The box is is great. It's all separated up so that you can get each carriage and locomotive and put in its own compartment. Are you curious about what you have to do in this game? I guess you would be. Well, we've got let this me tell you. All right, go on. <laughs> so you're playing, each of the players are a bandit, and yeah. you're robbing the train. Desperados, I think I said Desperado, but yeah. Bandido, maybe, if they're, if yeah. they're Tuco. Um, and the aim of the game is to become the richest outlaw of the Old West by robbing this one train. Yeah. All right. And the game has five rounds, and it consists of two phases. In fairness, there is a lot of stuff on this train to rob. There is. It's a very laden train. Um, Even the sheriff brings along a, a suitcase with, I mean, uh, with the gear. The whole in it. company payroll is on this train. Oh, is it? Yeah. And so, if you're one, if there's one thing I know is that it's not safe. You know, whether it's the uh, the, it's usually a mining company or it's the military payroll or oh, something yeah, nice like that. Oh yeah, Nice Valley Coal Company's weekly payroll. That's it. Yeah, they pay their their uh, employees in jewels apparently. <laughs> So there are two phases to this game. There's the scheming phase, which uh, is where you play your cards, your actions. Yeah. And then there's the stealing phase, which is when those actions that everyone's played into the common stack are then played out in typical uh, programming, style. programming style. Yeah. So yeah. you're programming it, and then you're seeing how all those things unfold. Let the uh, the chaos unravel, as it will. Yeah. Um, and and that that's it. So after five rounds. That you count up your loot, and uh, you have a winner based on that. But the and the way that the cards unroll uh, unravel the the game. So you've got the the cards that define what each round's about, and they have symbols for you play this card face up, you yep. play this card face down, and then there's a, a sort of a, a thematic action that happens at the end of the round. And now I really enjoyed the fact that the the face down cards. I mean, I think some people might, and Jamie might be one of them. I don't know. I'll let him speak for himself in a minute. <laughs> but the face down cards might upset people because you can't see what people are doing, so that might interfere with your strategy, and you're sort of flying in the face of of uh, you know, hoping for the best. But I actually thought the tunnel cards are quite thematic in that you can you can see your opponents on the train some of the time. So you might get a yeah. glimpse through a carriage. Oh, there goes that guy, you know, Tuco's heading this way. Uh, Ghost is doing this. And then you can't see them. You don't know where they're at. And you might end up getting thumped in the jaw or shot in the back, you know. Yeah. I thought that was quite cool. The um, there the cards themselves, there are, there are two types of cards. There are the round cards, so as you said, that they dictate how many rounds, uh, how many turns there are going to be in this round and whether that information is going to be, those cards are going to be played face up or face down. Or And some of them also have an extra added effect at the end. It might be that the sheriff drops another case. It might be that the train's got to stop suddenly and so everybody's pushed forward. It could be that the passengers rise up in revolt and uh, kick you to the ceiling uh, to the to the top of the carriage, that sort of thing. So, uh, and you sh- you've got four of those 
randomly selected, depending on the, the number of players in the game. There's actually a two to four, and then there's a five to six variant. Yeah. And then there's also the final round card, which is the station card. And that has a final, cha- a final round plus a final effect at the end of the game. Uh, so those cards, that one's that like the, the last card you play. So it's one of three cho- uh, choices for that one, randomly chosen. And then the other four cards are shuffled up and then stacked on top and then revealed by the active player. Hmm. The other cards in the deck are your own individual... Uh, That's your hand, really. Your hand, yeah, which is your... Um, your draw pile and a discard pile, of course, yep, after you've exactly right. thrown them away. So you've got action, your action cards and you, you've got your bullets, which is are... Is it 12, 12 action cards? Twelve. Yep, that's right, 12 action cards. And they the actions vary from uh, punching... Yep. Or shooting. You can, you can punch someone and then whoever you punch moves back, uh, moves down... Along the, the train, uh, the carriages, whichever way you, you want them to go, if possible. Mm. Uh, and they drop their loot. There's the shooting card, which allows you to shoot anyone who's in an adjacent carriage. Or if you're on top of the train, you can shoot as, long, as far as you can see, uh, blocked only by whoever's standing, who the idiot is standing in front of you. There's <laughs> the marshal card, which allows you to program the movements of the marshal. So he starts at the, at the locomotive. And if you move him, you can move him towards the caboose at the back, or you can move, to... move him into players, other players. Yeah, they? that's it. To force a... other players. Yeah, because if you share, if well, if you're, in, if you if end up, if he shows up where you are, then you have to go up on the roof. Yeah, exactly. And you get a neutral bullet card. And... I like the way they put it. That he kicks you to the top of the roof with a bullet. Yeah, and these <laughs> and these bullets. Anytime you get shot, even with a neutral bullet, when the sheriff hits you, or you get shot by another player, you get the card, and that goes into your uh, active deck, yeah. and so that ends up just being like a dud card, which is kind of cool because it it injures you. It's thematic yeah. again, injures you and makes you less potent because you're carrying around wounds, yep. uh, and that's reflected as as in taking up a, a viable spot in your hand. The There's card... also the bonus at the end of the game if you manage to get rid of all your bullets yeah. and uh, and leave them with your opponents. And now, I like going for that one because that just <laughs> means that you're just shooting everywhere. He but, does. Yeah. In the couple of games that we've played, yeah, that's what he, that was his strategy, was to shoot us all up. And Well, uh, well you get $1,000. That's a big do. chunk. That's the same as a suitcase uh, full of cash. That's so, true. Yeah, there are movement cards, so you can move in. Uh, you can move basically in four directions in this game. So you can move up and to the roof of the train uh, of the carriage, or yeah. you can move down from the roof into the carriage, or you can move to the left and right. So forwards or backwards. Forwards in the or train. backwards. Yep. And then there's the pick up the cash. Pick up the loot. Yep. Which so. is uh, if if you happen to be on a roof or inside a carriage where there is loot on the floor, you get to randomly and unseen draw one piece of loot. You can decide. There are diamonds, uh, di- there are jewels, and there are money bags, and there's a suitcase. Yeah, so the jewels, whatever's there, the jewels are always worth 500. Yeah. The bags are worth up to 500, so they can be 500. Yeah. So if the jewels are there, grab the jewels. That's right. Well, if... if if you're if you're certain, a gangster if you're a gangster rapper, you always grab the jewels, grab the jewels yeah. right? Yeah. And then if yeah, otherwise yeah, you just have to chance it with one of the uh, the purses as they talk about it. But yeah. if the if the suitcase is there, that's a thousand dollars. That's right. Yeah. Let's not forget though, guys. Once you've got treasure, it doesn't mean you're keeping it. Yeah, right? that's it. Like I said, if you get punched, you drop your your tr- loot wherever you are. And uh, you move, move out of the carriage yeah. or along the top. And uh, then that leaves it wide open for whoever's standing there to pick it up on a subsequent action. So 
Yeah. But they've, they've got to program their move in this in coordination. Right. So they've got to know that you're there, then they've got to punch, and then if they're pretty confident they arrived at the same time, punched you, and they're after whatever, like if you've got the suitcase... Yeah. Then they're gonna you're gonna play a pick up a cash card, but you've got to have that in your hand as yep. well. So it's asymmetric in the sense that all of the players have the same deck of cards. Yeah. So there's no extra card abilities, you know, but available to any player. But however, there are extra character, character abilities. abilities. Yeah. There are six play six characters in the game. Uh, there's Doc who gives you the ability to have a, a hold seven hands again. At the theme Claxon. Um, that's cool because you get to hold an extra card. So yeah. when you get injured, it's almost like you can cure yourself because it doesn't really have any effect on you because you can still play all the cards without, um, you know, if you, without you having to rely on that bullet card to get in the way. That's it. Cheyenne has the ability where she can pick up any loot that she's dropped after she, that that's been dropped after she punches someone. So literally, deck someone to the floor and pick up their uh, their money their stash. That one. Not so high-powered. Keep going. I'll, yeah. I'll rate them. Django. <laughs> Django has the ability where if he shoots someone, he has the same effect as a punch where the, whoever they, he shoots flies back. Yeah. It must be have a super high-powered shotgun or something like that. However, they, they don't drop their loot. They just move back into the next carriage. Which almost puts them two, two carriages away because you can only shoot someone on an adjacent carriage. That's so it. that's yeah. handy, yeah. but I don't know. Okay. It messes with someone's go. There's Tuco, who can shoot in four dimensions. Yeah. He can shoot up and down. He can shoot... And left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Four dimensions. Four directions. Did I say dimensions? Yeah. He I can, mean four you directions. Did. Well, it takes some time. He can time. shoot through time, according to you. <laughs> yeah. He can shoot in a game you had last week. Now, that's an ability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I don't know. We'd, I didn't find myself using that one. Now, here we go. This is the one that I reckon is OP. There's the ghost. Yeah whose ability is to play the first card of any turn, uh, sorry, any round, round, he can play face down, regardless of whether you're going through a tunnel or not. Because he's a ghost. He's a ghost. He's a sneaky stuff. Now, I reckon that's the one to get. So you can be extra sneaky? Yeah, because the first card, your first card you play every round, you play it face down, no one knows if you've moved left, right, punched, and no one knows where you are, <laughs> which is just super powerful because then even if they get, sometimes you get to tunnel the second card that you play as well. I mean, I'm looking at a card here where it's face up, no, I'm ghost, face down. That's then the second down. card is face down. Then there's a face up card. Then you face down. So that's three out of the first four cards. No one knows what you're doing. How can they keep track of that? That's that's well. It's it's a card advantage. Well, actually, it's information advantage. It's information. Whereas advantage. you know, Doc gets card advantage. But um, yeah, yeah, I think Doc, uh, it's Doc's an impressive is a good skill. One. I like that one. Yeah. But uh, oh, who have we got left? We've, we've got, got Bell. one character left, and that's Belle, who has the ability to. She's she's superhuman. Actually, she's Colossus. No, she's charming. This is her charm. She's charming. She is that's because. A, she makes you think that you want to shoot somebody else instead of her. So if you've got a choice of two... You've got to choose the other person. Yeah, because you want to choose Belle with her That's charm. It. That also, very good. Yeah, unless there's no viable target. So if there is no other viable target, then you have to... Then Belle will take the punch or the shot. Yeah. So, But in the games that we played, uh, I don't think that that really... You're kidding it me. It didn't backfire on her. Oh, I'm no, it didn't sure backfire. She, she got away with it all yeah, the time. Yeah. There's always another target. So they're the six characters in the game. Very Bell, Bell Doc and Ghost. Bell Doc and Ghost. They've got useful ones. In two, that order? Two codes. No, no, I'd go for Ghost, then Doc, 
then yeah, then Bell, then, then Tuco, and then don't worry about anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I, I'd play Django just because he's cool. I, I, I like the way that um, you can look at these these characters and you see tropes from oh, absolutely from, from westerns. Christoph denies this, as you'll hear in the interview later. <laughs> But, yeah, you, you can play guess where you think they're, they're from. Um, Tuco. Uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Good, the bad, and the ugly, I think, yeah. He's, a, he's that stereotypical uh, Mexican bandit who uh, is mean as a, as a rattlesnake. Uh, Django. Django Jango. Unchained, I think. Cheyenne, some sort of ghastly Disney movie. <laughs> Doc's Doc Holiday, and I always play him because, Doc Holiday. well, not only is he cool, but he's blue. He's blue. Oh, oh, fair enough. Uh, you're showing a preference for colour there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. He's fair a bluest. Yeah. Games that don't have blue pieces are broken and need to be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and Ghost? No idea. Who's... What do you think? Ghost. Speculate, Jamie. Where do you think Ghost is from? Pale Rider. Um, mm. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hidden Information. He looks too weedy for... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's enough speculating. There's another... Mm. Mm. Uh, and, and that's really it. It's not a complicated game. Not a complicated game. And You're the in... components are very uh, very appropriate. You know, I, I don't see there's any uh, inappropriate use for any of the components. <laughs> you, can't, you can't use any of the appropriate... <laughs> I guess I didn't phrase that well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean... Everything has its place, and that place is exploited within the game. It's not... Um, and it's, you, you don't have anything sat off to the side, and you just never get to use it unless there's a specific variant or there's a specific card that comes up in, to play. Everything is utilised in, in a single game. It's very visual, yeah. so hence, I'm on board. Um, I did get that sense... That is a favourite of yours. It is. I got that sense of being a kid, which is why I'm learning more and more. That is why I'm playing games, because I want to feel like I'm playing. Actually, it's funny. We were sitting around the table when we built the train. You, yourself, uh, and your son, Travis, was sitting there as we built these trains. And we were having a chat as we punched the pieces out and then looking at the instructions to construct them, which is is great, because once we'd made one each, we we didn't need the instructions because uh, it was so simple that we went on and constructed the whole train. I think only I think I was the only one that made a mistake in that I put some pieces upside down. But we rectified that. It was easy. Yeah, it's good. It's good, it's good fun. And I've I, never built a model train, so I'm particularly proud of my efforts here. Are you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I only have out of Lego, so yeah, you're you're ahead of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, so where are we? Where like I think uh, Jamie, you had uh, some some parts of the 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 mechanics, had the gameplay that. Um, Ruffle the feathers a little bit? Yeah, look, I think it's a fine family game. Um, it, uh, you know, it's easy enough to get into and and it lacks complexity. And that's actually one of the things that I find really frustrating about it is that having played Robo Rally, yeah. they're, they're very similar games, but Robo Rally is so much more fun. Okay. Um, I, feel like, I feel like there needed to be more secrets in this game there needs to be more hidden stuff and less public knowledge because otherwise you're just rewarding people with a good who have a good memory and i do so it was, it, <laughs> so so it's it's sort of easy to work out what's going to happen uh, in, a, in cult express what i like about that though and we touch on this in the interview with christoph is that yeah you program your moves but then sometimes when you 
show, you know, you might play a move forward backwards card and with the intention that you're going to move forward at a particular point when that card comes up. But then as you see it unfold, by the time it comes to that card, you go, actually, instead of moving forward, I'm going to move backwards. And then you've got to try and remember what cards that you uh, play, played after that and how they're going to interact. And it can sort of send things uh, a bit skew if, which is maybe sometimes. Yeah, maybe sometimes. And it, that, can, that can be fun. Uh, you know, Oh, look, it can be fun. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just oh, saying, no. for my money, uh, you know, I, I think there are more exciting programming games out there. Yeah. So you might be then looking forward to the expansions, Jamie, that something that adds uh, the mechanics Exactly. That I was going to say, now, mm. now one thing that uh, I haven't done is played the expansions. Mm. Actually, one actually one other thing is uh, in the main rulebook, there's some variant rules, which, which automatically make it a little bit better in some ways. I think we played um, the variant rules immediately by accident because, <laughs> because it was very much the, the deck builder kind of cards, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah exactly, where you can hang on to your cards across different turns. Yeah. Um, that, that's actually a little bit better, and I, and I think it allows for a little bit more variability in what you're getting, and also bullets become a lot more deadly when they're, you know, put put it back on top of your deck straight away and you know you're yeah. drawing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's but pretty I think the expansions. I think the expansions have the potential to add a lot to this game, uh, especially things like the time travel car. look like so much fun just for the notion of yeah. I get to take my piece off the board and you guys don't know where I am for a while. <laughs> so that was a promo that, um, that was released. And there's actually a few of them. I'm looking through the expansion section now and um, there was something that was attached to the Brett Spiel Easter basket uh, for this year, which I think is released at Essen. Um, I think I went to high school with Brett Spiel Easter basket. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, the, is that the, a hyphenated last name? Yeah, Spiel it's Easter hyphenated. Basket. Yeah, he had two very posh parents. <laughs> <laughs> the expansion that's out at the moment is the Horses and Stagecoach expansion. That's the first one. And um, Christoph alludes to the, Marshall the and second one, prisoners. Uh, Marshall and Prisoners, which is the yeah. next one. And then there's a listing for a third expansion, called Indians and Cavalry. So okay. something on the horizon. Hey, but you know what, guys? What's you know that? what? This is the gold star. There is no sign of Cthulhu Express yet. <laughs> can, we, can we give them a high five for that? Or wow, what we a put great idea, idea, though. I totally oh. want to be on a train <laughs> with Cthulhu. Yeah. Oh, then it's Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, you know, can you imagine Murder oh. on the Orient Express with Cult Express? That'd be great. Now you're talking. Hey, let's get let's get uh, let's get him back on the let's line. Let's get Christoph back on the line and <laughs> like sell him an idea. I've got well, a pitch for the listeners. For you. It's going to be putting him on the line for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the those are the expansions that are out. Oh, and promos. Oh, the like you said, the uh, the time travel car. Um, and there's a couple of other little ones uh, in French. So I'm not, oh, there's a North Pole Station, which was a promo card. Um, there's a so digital... like a Polar Express thing? Yeah, 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 something like that. And then there's another one which is in French, and I've got no idea what it says. But, you know. Digital version is a game. We're just spoiling the interview now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, let's really? not do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the interview coming up for news about the uh, digital version. So, in summary... I I agree with Jamie. It's a fun family game. Yeah. It's very light. Uh, we got up and running with no real time at all. Um, it says ages 10 plus. I play with my six-year-old daughter. Yeah. She's on board. Yeah, with a bit of support. With but... a bit of support, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed... I think anyone who enjoys the 
visual nature of the game will will really get a kick out of the 3D train and and moving the meeples. Um, My pro tip is something that you can add to the game. If you go onto the Ludonaut website, you can actually download the file of a playmat. Now, this is something that wasn't included in the game. There's no board. But if you download the PDF file, you can... uh, Put a nice... Perhaps take it into work if you've got a colour printer and perhaps <laughs> print it out, but phew, I don't know. You need to make it bigger because the one I got was quite small. But Yeah, it'd be nice if work had a laminator as well. Yeah, <laughs> that could happen, but we're not, we're not, we're not promoting that no, kind no, of behaviour. Because no, no, that would probably be dishonest. But uh, hang on, in a game where we're playing bandits, is that really... Yeah, steal what you can get, dis- desperados. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my, my, my pro tip is uh, get that play mat and it'll just add something to the game so once you chuck it underneath the train uh and put the the scenery on top of that it just adds it just adds something that that i think is even more visually enhancing and every and mm. um, engaging well, that's my, my pro tip my pro tips in the nutshell are sleeving yes <laughs> and and remember 132 cards um <laughs> The general reports are, when you read around on this as well, that it plays better with more people. So like yeah. Matt and I played it, just the two of us, the first time, yeah. and we noticed that it scaled up. When we played with four, it was it was better. We didn't get to play with more than that, five, six. Definitely no, more fun with more players, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, get, you get to put an extra carriage on for every player then as well. Yeah. So that's also fun because you get a, a whopping... And you've got to get your terminology right. Carriages, locomotive, equals train. <laughs> yeah, so in a... In a standard game with two players, it's two. It's one carriage per player plus the locomotive. Yeah, and and, and what? Not a pro tip, but what I found refreshing about this game after, as in a difference to some of the other games that were played, not because making it better or worse than any other games, is that this is interactive. It's not a heads mm-hmm. down, do your own little thing in your own little corner of the world, and then see who wins at the end. It's very much you're engaged with everybody else. Yeah. You're you're watching what everybody's doing. You're trying to think about what you're going to do. And then even when the programming part of it's yeah. unfolding, you get to engage with that as well. Super immersive and super fun, super visual. Yep. Super. So my, <laughs> my pro tip is that uh, the game needs a bit more chaos. So either add in some expansions or play musical chairs at the same time. <laughs> I'm surprised you went with the, the wanted more chaos. I thought it would be the tunnel cards that would have upset you. I thought you'd have wanted it all to be out in the open so that you could... No, no, I'd rather it was all tunnel cards. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the tunnel, the tunnel card component of it, especially if you're, when you're playing it, because you're tr- that's the moment when you're trying to pull a Swifty on one of the other players, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I guess if, if you want to, all you do is you just ignore the um, icons on the, the round card and just play it all face down if you, really, if you want that sort of game. And well, just make it's, your it's own a house rule man. thing. Yeah. No. no. Well, um, bandits make their own rules. Why don't you just set fire to the middle one and just like <laughs> run away from it and see what happens if we're going to get crazy? You want to get crazy? We've got a set up here. Let's get crazy. Let's yeah. Make it that you can actually, here's another one. You can push meeples off the train. In the, in the actual game, you can't do that, but maybe right you can. Right a cactus bush. Or in, that's it. Right. And then they have to start at the caboose and work their way up again. As the train goes past, they jump on. Or maybe careful push guys, them off careful the Careful, you're walking that fine line between game reviewers and game designers. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to start I was just about to say, I think this train's come right <laughs> off the rails here. Um, look, we've alluded to Christoph a few times. Should yeah. we get him on, get him on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Shall, shall yes, listen to that interview that we someone did. Someone holler for a marshal. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Had to be said. Marshal! All right, everyone, let's get away from this. Uh, here's uh, Christoph Rambolt. 
last cast you made earlier. Yeah. And it seemed there was someone um, that was speaking by Skype, so I know <laughs> it's you. Yeah, that's we like to keep that's... Jamie in a tin box <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the country. But he's a lovely mm. bloke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. I have a look. <laughs> Whereabouts are you um, exactly, Christoph? Well, well, am I in France, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I just moved uh, in the south of France because I'm working uh, with the Ludonote team and the Ludonote are living in Marseille. Do you know Marseille? Yeah. It's a big town, so it's nearby, actually. Actually, uh, thank you for asking me to discuss about Borgia and stuff, but, well, I mean, how did you choose to, uh, I mean, contact me? Or Because you've got, like, most of the choices uh, nowadays with all these board games, uh, you know, I don't know. Our little podcast is uh, is the little podcast that could. It's growing, and we're getting a lot of opportunities to speak to uh, industry types, uh, designers. Um. Well, with a with a podcast for uh, good games in yeah. Australia, and good games is a franchise that is all around Australia, and it's just opening up in uh, America and in Indianapolis in the next few months as well. And and they're our sponsors. Uh, a lot of us are you know involved with them as well. And uh, and they uh, help us by sponsoring uh, a game every every month that we give away. And this month we reviewed and played Cult Express. So Ooh, you know, in, do- nice. in doing that, you know, we uh, give the designer a call and say, "Hey, would you like to have a chat?" And uh, yeah, if all things go well, it's nice because we get to review the game uh, and have a chat with the designer and find out a little bit about it. It's and, and let all the Australian gamers. Uh, find out about it too. I think that's the first time we've ever had uh, someone turn the tables on us and ask us a question. Yeah. yeah. So thanks oh. for that. <laughs> Timing. Uh, the thing is, uh, but you're not. I mean, you're not living with it. It's my, it's like uh, patient for you. It's something you're doing with another job, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was really you good timing, it? given that Spiel des Gars is tonight. So. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at your win, and uh, now we're looking at the new one tonight. <laughs> yeah. Code, code names, code, code words, code, code names, code names, yeah, code names, out. and Isle of Sky, and the um... oh yes, I've heard of it. Yes, I just watched it on the internet. Yeah, it's oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's I amazing. Did, uh, hopefully, you weren't too engrossed in that. I didn't know. We just might have just spoiled it for you if you were going to watch <laughs> Jet and Bob later on. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are in the future after all. But, yeah. uh, uh, Christoph, let's change the the discussion back to you for a moment. I wow. Yeah, because we can't take the pressure for this long. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That should be fine. Yeah. What, what was it that encouraged you to take the plunge into designing board games? Uh, how, how did I get into it? Yeah. If that's the question. Uh, I actually no idea. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess it's when the first time you think, if there is a game where I could do that, it would be nice. And... I think the first time you ask yourself that type of question, you're kind of a designer because you want something that doesn't exist right now and you want to, uh, you know, create your own um, game experience. So in, in this type of thinking, you try to find out which type of mechanism stuff could, you know, um, lend you to this type of experience. So I started around, I don't know, like I was... 13 years old, something like that. But at the beginning, it's not working. So I'm, I think with 
the years passed and no, I can do sometimes something working a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think that's it. Was there a defining moment for you? Hmm? A defining well, moment? So something, some pivotal event that said, uh, that I definitively arrived. said, yes, I'm going to do this. Uh, it's a tricky question, actually. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's, um, I, I had, I'm quite lucky because France is not a big country. It's not like in United States or in Australia because we can move from one side to the other side of the country quite easily. Yeah. So we, we have some conventions, but the thing is, I, I was, uh, it was, it was possible for me to do all these little conventions because it wasn't far away and I could meet all the, you know, publishers and designers quite, quite easily. And yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't old, but it wasn't a big problem because everyone was really sympathetic and stuff. So, uh, I think every time I meet new people and I can play with them and stuff, it was, you know, uh, like a big family growing up and I wanted to get involved into it because I met really nice people in there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Did, uh, were, yeah. were there any influential designers that, that might have helped push you over the edge? Wow. Uh, I mean, you, you mean in reality or in, I mean, because I've got some really good, uh, I, I mean, I have my favorite designers, but it's not the same that influenced me in the real life. You know sure. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I went and looked at your Board Game Geek profile, Christophe, and uh, I noticed you like a lot of Antoine Bowser's games. Uh, which type of game do I like? Uh, Antoine Bowser? Antoine Bowser, yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, actually, it's, it's a really good designer, and he helped me much because... He has got like um, designer blog, and on it he can put uh, a lot of different readings about board game and you know board game design, and it's my number one source of you know readings. And I read a lot about board game design and stuff, and he's really a good guide for it because he's really experienced in it. And yeah, I like it. <laughs> the um the looking at Cult Express the the Western theme isn't used that often and uh, I hear you love the Belgian comic Lucky Luke from 1946. You know that's yeah. it's been a while. Are there, are there characters in your game an homage to other Western heroes and heroines of yours? Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean I really like Lucky Luke and stuff, but. All this car- I didn't really work in, into the character line. I mean, I, I was into the game mechanics and stuff. Sure. But uh, it was like the part of the designer to the graphic designer to find out which type of characters are put are put in the game. And uh, my publisher helped as well to you know find different identities of characters you want to play with them because if you've got six times the same type of um of type of character you don't want to play you know six times yeah the game <laughs> the gamers don't identify with the characters yeah. if they're just vanilla so, as well yes and so I, I guess so they did a really good job and i just helped to, you know i just gave some advices and said oh i like this one but maybe if you could add something and stuff but my part wasn't 
really big in uh, in this part of the game. So it was really a teamwork, actually. Did, did you want to call Ghost Luke? Was were you, Did you want to have it? Uh, to have a Lucky Luke character, yeah. you mean? Well, I know, just like a, yeah, a cheeky nod. Because we were, when we were playing, we were thinking, oh, Django's got to be from Django Unchained. And, and Tuco, oh, is, no. is, is that from the good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly? That sort of stuff. You know, we were playing that game as well. I know what you mean. The thing is, um, I'm not... Uh, a big, you know, uh, I don't know much about these type of movies. I like them, but I'm not like the one that can say, oh, it's from this movie and I like this guy and, and he said that and I cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't my part. I mean, it's what is lovely in this, you know, Cold Express adventure is uh, every people involved in this game just put what he wanted to put into the game. And that wasn't my part, and I like it. <laughs> I mean, I was, hopefully it wasn't my part. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely something, you know, as a, as a child of the 70s that uh, sort of excited me because it took me back to watching those uh, westerns with my grandparents and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I, enjoyed, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That was nice. Yeah. I, I remember watching Lucky Luke with my brother and... We it was a show that we always used to watch. It was a Saturday cartoon here, and we had the uh, the American dub version, of course, because I think initially it was Belgian. Yeah, but um, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, so we had the American dub version, and we'd sing along with the theme, and then afterwards we'd ra- race around the house or the backyard. You know, one of us pretending to be Lucky Luke, while the other one was the uh, the, the gang, and they were fun times. And at westerns, I think. It's not something that's very common these days amongst this this uh, young culture. I think not as much as it used to be. Uh, I think there no. aren't as many westerns out there now. We're getting to the point where they're remaking a lot of things, a lot of movies, and a lot of uh, uh, TV series and things like that. But it's good to see that this game uh, can bring it, bring yeah, it forward a bit more. Yeah, yeah, and draws on. You know, getting older, old, uh, aging gamers like ourselves who have that connection with our past. So, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's meaningful, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you mean. The thing is, uh, it's not only uh, about movies, but I think I played much with when I was a little kid. I played with my Playmobil and stuff, and you know, it's like little characters uh, from the western. And I think even if there are not a lot of uh, you know, movies in France about Western and stuff. It's like always uh, certain, you know, uh, it's um, a whole world that the, chil- the children has in mind when they want to play games, you yeah. know. They want to play Cowboy, they want to play the Cherries and stuff. And it's always the case, I mean, even if there are not a lot of movies and stuff. Right. So, um, I think it's not part of the time, you know, it's like enterprise. I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> the, uh, Europe at the moment seems to be going through a, a board game design revolution. Uh, so many new, yeah. so new and, and boundary-pushing games being published. What is it? Do you have an opinion on what's causing this? Is it uh, the supreme wineries over there, the favoured <laughs> French romanticism, or is it because the EU is crashing financially and, and needing to be supported by the uh, by the gaming industry, what do you think? Uh, it is so hard to answer this question. I'm not sure. I, I'm uh, I don't I know enough things to, to say to answer that. But I could, I could try. <laughs> I think I think it's because uh, we we are like 
Um, you know, originally there were two big schools about game design, like the American one and the German one, right? Yeah. yeah. Originally. And I think that, especially French people, because we, we are really lucky in France, we've got a lot of game designers, really. I mean, really good ones. And it's like we've played all these games, uh, American ones, German ones, and other ones, and it seems like uh, French people and other European guys try to make, like, you know, um, an in-between between these two schools, and I quite like it, actually. And that's, that's why I think today we, we were trying to design games with the real thematic, but with a, a proper mechanism as well. Yeah. So... Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard you mention, Christoph, that you like escaping into new worlds while, whilst game playing. Uh, do you, when, when you're designing a game, what elements do you like to keep people, uh, do you like to use to keep players immersed? You know, s- stop that player elimination and missing turns, that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah. Immersion is really important for me, yes. From my experience, I try to make the round, the turn of a player, the, not, not that long because more your uh, your turn is long when you're playing yeah more the other players are waiting for their turn and more they can just you know uh, go away from the game experience because what is immersion in a game is you are a guy just standing around the table but more than that you are like an explorer like you are inside the game uh, universe and if you're if you're thinking about, you know, I don't know, your boyfriend or, I don't know, your, uh, your girlfriend, your, uh, anything out of the game, you're not inside the game anymore. So you have to keep the player you know, involved in the game experience. And for that, you need not, you know, uh, turned, uh, really long term. So that's one thing, actually, I, I try to stick in. <laughs> Yeah, no, that works really well because in Cult Express you really have to pay attention to what everyone else is doing and then even when yeah. the, the programming un, unravels, it's like watching a little play yeah. un, unfold and, it, and, and that's engaging as well. So I think you've really succeeded there in that, in that immersion. I, I guess uh, I'm... But the thing is, at the beginning, uh, Cult Express was not a turn-based game. It means... Uh, we had to play cards all at the, sa- at the same time. There weren't any turn for the players, actually. And you couldn't play two cards in a row on the, on, the, on the stack, actually. And you had to wait for another player to play one, to play one back. And at the end, you could just put the stack and, you know, flip it over and see what happened. But it was really chaotic, and my publisher said, no, you're not going into this. You have to put back your turn on the game. <laughs> so that was very much like uh, like Robo Rally, in the sense where you're playing all the cards down in front of you. Up, um, exactly, yeah, so, yes. So how, what... I, love, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you then turn that design on its head that, that, uh, to, to get everybody more involved and immersed? What caused you to turn... To, to take those cards from in front of your player and put them in a stack instead? Uh, the stack was to... Um, I mean, basically, the game wasn't turn-based, and I needed a way to, you know, uh, understand who plays the card first, and for that, I needed a stack. 
But the thing is, this tack was really, really good and was working really good. And when we come, came back to the turn-based game, it was working really good as well. So we just stick to it and we didn't change this mechanism because it was just awesome. <laughs> so, well, one of the obvious temptations what? in making a stack like that would be to have a lot of secret information. Uh, but you guys instead, you, you instead chose to make lots of information public. What, um, what, what sort of inspired that? Um, the, I don't know. I mean... At, at the same time, you say, yeah, that's true, a lot of information are public, but what makes the real um, uh, game funny is the tuner as well, the, the, the one way where everyone is playing a card face down, actually. But in RoboRally, for instance, it's a normal you know, programming game, and the thing is, when you turn right, you turn right, you don't have any choice, but in Cold Express, most of the actions like are not you know fixed for instance if you want to move you can move on the right or on the left if you want to punch you can punch someone on the right or on the left so yeah. it means even if the all the you know information are public you have to think about how the player want to use this action right and i think it's that makes all the difference actually oh, cool so the, you're standing on top of the train and you know that you suspect that someone's just climbed up to your level, and now yeah. you have to decide: okay, are you going to then duck down to the ne- to the carriage, or are you going to take a gamble that that person's going to be within reach and then shoot them? So, yeah, that's so it. important choices. Yes, yeah. and you can. The thing is, the player can change his mind. Actually, he can see how the you know. Yeah. All the events are going, and you can say, "Okay, no, I want to change my plan because it's not working." Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, I figured that. that I, I enjoyed that factor. Like a, a couple of games in, when yeah, you have your uh, as you, as you program your turn, you've definitely got a place where you think you're going to be. But then, a, actually, later on, when it, it unfolds, you can change, and you end up doing something completely different. And that is a bit chaotic, and I, and I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, and just seeing how it unfolded, I, it was good fun. Yeah, there is a strange strategy because if you're playing the martial card, you know, you can, most of the player on, on their first game, if they play a martial card, they just send it directly to other players. And the thing is, most of the time, I don't because I know the people know they want me to have the sheriff in their in their in their face but actually i do the exact contrary just to make it in really uh, to put it to put them in the real bad situation actually it's really funny is, is that your cult express pro tip <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tip you you, you just uh, I, I mean it wasn't uh, my idea at the beginning i just play like that you know afterwards i wasn't i mean when i designed the mechanism i didn't plan to to, to play like that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just more I play, more I find ways to, you know, like cheat and uh, make <laughs> think, make think uh, other ways. You know. oh, tell, tell us some of those, Christoph. Give us, give us your, your, your top tip for playing Cult Express. Ooh. Blow okay. our minds. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the tip number one, don't be the designer of Cult Express because you cannot win another game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like but you're then, bullying everyone, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you have to, 
you have to be in really good terms with other players, actually. Because, I mean, most of the really interactions are bad in the game. You shoot at each other, you punch at each other. And you want to do that with your friends, right? Mm. So if you're in a, in, not in good terms with someone, you will just, like, fire at you all the game. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can you can win a game as well if you're the only one of a group. I mean, all the group like know each other, but you're the only one that don't really know the other players. Because I've I've watched um, player playing together, and most of the time they like punching people they love in the real life. I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's just like you know, it's like I love you, so I have to punch you. It's like I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's, it's really funny. So, if you don't know anyone, you can win the game easily. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to leave you alone. That's the theory, at least. <laughs> so, uh, I think tips, tips number three, it's really important to see what people are doing because if everyone is going in a direction, you, you should take the other one. For instance, at the beginning, could be really good to stay on the two last, uh, the last train cars just to loot everything. And even if there are no big loot inside, you can just make a really, really big, you know, points about it because people can go for the suitcase but don't grab it because it's really hard. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I like the way that the last, uh, the first person to grab the case isn't necessarily mm. going to be the one holding it at the end of the game. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and then there's that it's there's nuts. a mechanic where the marshal can drop another one as yeah. well, which just mixes it up a little bit as well. Mm. Um, Christoph, digital versions of games and tools designed to work alongside the physical board games are becoming a prominent feature these days. What do you think about the melding of physical games with the digital to include digital features? About Cult Express and in general? Well, in, in, general. in general, but um, in Cult Express, this is something that you'd think about doing yourself, using a, a digital app alongside Cult Express to keep track of something or to create, uh, to re-implement the game as a digital version of itself. Is it something you'd okay, think about? Okay, so I will go for first with a general version, of my, my general view about that, and I will go secondly with Cult Express, right? Sure, mm. yeah. Uh, so I think... I, I, basically, I did an, an engineer school about IT stuff, so I'm quite involved in, you know, digital things. But actually, I really love uh, board games as, you know, a social experience in real life. And actually, I'm not really for the expansion of, you know, this type of uh, board game experiences, because for me, it's like really a different experience. It's not the same. You, you, you cannot live um, on your tablet the same experience than you, you're living just in front of your, your friends, yeah. right? But I see two reasons why it's really good sometimes to do that because I've got a lot of friends that are not living you know, uh, near from me and I really like to play with them by Skype, for instance. Yeah. But... In this way, it's a bit different because you can keep a conver- in the conversation, you can talk during the game, and that makes the game really, you know, close to a board game sensation. 
So I think that's one of the good reasons uh, why it could be really good. And the third one thing is to there are so much you know people that play that are playing uh, on digital games that it's maybe good it may be good to 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 make you know uh, to to get new players into your board game because they could just like uh, discover the game another way. Yeah. And. I think they, they did it for a lot of games, like Ticket to Ride, for instance, because in Ticket to Ride, they had this you know, application quite early in the life of the game, and they get yeah. quite a, a big bunch of players this way. Um, yeah. well, I find that I actually... I have the physical versions of games, but then I've also, now that they're becoming more readily available and they're ever-expanding, I have the iOS versions of the games as well. Um, not because I, w- I prefer any one medium, but because of time, I often find that I'm restricted to pulling down one of those board games off the shelf because of the setup time, because of the not having anybody to play with, that sort of thing at that time, whereas I can pull out my iPad and, and there I've got Ticket to Ride playing against an AI if I have to, uh, ready to go. You know, So I think it's about convenience and yeah but there are versions of the ios versions that have like you said have led me back to the physical versions of the game yeah and a good example uh. of that is uh xeno shift so okay. uh, I, I like xeno shift i had bought the app and i like that i thought i'd give the board game version a try and i enjoy that much more because of the social uh, the social interactivity I guess it depends. I, I guess it depends the game because some board games are like there are so much elements in the game, and it's like sometimes I just I just get bored at just the very start of the game because oh I will have to move all these tokens, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess it depends the t- the type of game, but yeah, I think you're right. If you don't have much time and no player with you, could, could be good to. To, to go for it, but it's not the same experience, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the same way of playing the game. Uh, yeah, so, so a year ago from now, almost to the day, you won the Spiel de Jars. Uh, what, what was that process like? Was it all red carpet, red dresses, and more champagne than the Tribo uh, winery? Ah, this day. I mean, <laughs> the day I won the Spiel, the Spiel de Jars. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> Actually, we didn't did, we didn't do much, but it was really really funny because um, it was really a nice day because uh, we were like all the team that you know uh, I did um, my publisher my publisher is like uh, two people it's Cedric and Anne Cecile it's a couple yeah and they and they are really lovely they are really really good friends and we had. Um, uh, our graphic designer and Marinella that is part of the team too. So we had like the whole family of the game together yeah. and we were in vacations and we won this amazing prize. So it was a day where we just were together to enjoy this, uh, you know, like the end of, uh, uh, of a part of this experience because I mean, there were so much, um, it was as well the beginning of a new experience as well, you know, because uh, when you win the Spielless Year, they want you to, you know, design expansions and to work on stuff, and, you know, it was 
uh, a big thing. I, <laughs> I, I, did, I, I didn't answer something uh, because the thing is we are working right now into uh, uh, an application for Code Express. Actually, I don't know if, if you, you you were aware of that. You no, we weren't. So you're saying that, that there is an actual an adaptation or an application? Yes, yeah, an adaptation. Yes, an adaptation for iPad and stuff. Yes, oh, and right. we're we're working on it, but it it will be released like at the end of the year or or the next year. I we don't know exactly oh, okay. when it will. Be. So did Ludnot pass that on to somebody else to develop, or are they, or is Ludnot developing? It's having a hand in developing it themselves. We cannot do it by ourselves because it's a too big project, yeah. you know, and we are not like, I did some IT stuff, and, but I wasn't like, I, I, I'm alone. And the thing is, we um, we called uh, for help, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and there is a big team in uh, Canada that is developing the game, a really good team involved in the project and stuff, and they really like the game. And they are like modeling the, the game in 3D and stuff. But at the beginning, when they started to talk to me about this, you know, 3D adaptation and stuff, we were like, okay, so an, an adaptation is good, but if it's only the normal game, it's like um, I, I won't I won't buy it. I wouldn't buy it as a player. We need to put something more in, inside it. So actually, we are working on a solo mode that is really different of the normal game. Okay. You know, you, you, you're playing with the normal rules, but you are alone and you've got special objectives. And we could like add new mechanisms in the game because it's, uh, I mean, when you're playing in a board game, it's, it's not so easy to, to add some, you know, special effects like, I don't know, dynamite and stuff like that. You know, you, you could add some, some more. And that's really funny because we're working on it and it's quite exciting right now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, we're looking out for that with um, anticipation. Yeah, I guess so. so that would be good. So aside from that, are there any new projects on the horizon or anything you're working on at the moment? That you can talk about? Uh, yes, we are. We, we just finished actually the second expansion for Cult Express. Yeah. Because I don't know if you played the first one. The, uh, That's the stagecoach. Yeah, stagecoach yeah. and horses. Yeah. yeah. No, we so haven't. We haven't had. Haven't played that one yet. But. Um, okay. So. Okay. So the first expansion is more about you know. Um, having another scenario for the game. So you've got the, the train and a stagecoach besides, and you can go on stagecoach and and just get more money and get stages. So it makes the, the, the game a bit uh, a bit harder, but a bit steeper as well. So, and with, with the horses, you can, move, you can move faster. And it's, I really like this expansion, but it's like a bit, a bit complicated sometimes yeah. for players. Oh great! Uh, that's so, it. So that's the first expansion. Yeah. So you were saying the second expansion is the one that you're currently in development, or have just finished? Yeah. yeah. The development is just just over, and we you know we are sending the uh, the files and stuff to uh, to the publisher, and the game is supposed to be released in Essen just this year, so okay. in October. Right. What's, what's the name of that one? 
So it will be Marshall and Prisoners. Ah, yeah, that's and, a good list. Yeah. And this second expansion is really different from the first one because uh, it can, can be played without the first expansion, actually. And uh, the aim of the, this expansion was to, to create a new mode of game where a player could play the martial role. So the, the martial is not any longer played by you know, the card from right. each player. But a player is playing the martial himself, and it's really exciting. I, I like playing this expansion, actually. <laughs> so, so he's uh, got to look after the, the prisoners, the or keep them. He's got to look after the prisoners and manage them somehow throughout the course of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, the the prisoners are like you, you can make it uh, go um, escape the prison, and when they are with you, they are like giving you extra powers. So you can take yeah. the power of all the players. So that's the prisoner things. And the marshal has got like five objectives and he has to fulfill four of them to win the game at the end of it. So if the marshal fulfills the four objectives, all the other players are losing the game. So they they tend to, you know, cooperate against the marshal to make it lose. Yeah. And afterwards, the, the richer the richers win the game. Yeah, and was it the time travel car that was part of a Kickstarter, or it was a is it limited? Uh, it was just a goodies actually. It, it, it was it, it, it was a promotion. It, yeah, yeah, it was a promotion. Actually, it was just like a, a crazy idea, and we didn't we couldn't really you know do do something really big because it's like uh, something behind... Um, like copyright. Uh, back, yeah, back to the past and stuff. It's, it's, it was really complicated to make it to make something real. It was just a really funny thing we had to do, actually, yeah. because it worked so well. Actually, it was it was amazing. <laughs> Christophe, we, did, you, uh, yeah. did you plan from the start to have an expansion where you would have to slip a meeple underneath the train? Yeah. Because it fits uh, perfectly, so we were surprised with the, the, the time travel car. Oh, yeah, okay. You, you like the, 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 this game, uh, this um, rule, you mean, to put oh, the... Oh, very much. It's, just, it's very clever that it just slips neatly underneath and is the right height. <laughs> <laughs> so convenient. <laughs> yeah. But I, we, we had to do this with the goodies because it's... It's really funny, but at, at the same time, it's a bit tricky as well to do it when other players close their eyes. You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> that, it was yeah. perfect for a promo, actually. So, how do you relax away from gaming, then, Christoph? Do you play sport? Do you hang out with people and drink booze? <laughs> What's the plan? What yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do it a lot. Actually, I think if you want to be a game designer, you, you have to. To, to play a lot because yeah. you have to, you have to know what which are the games that are already in the market and you have to know yourself actually because I I'm pretty sure you cannot design games that you don't like yourself you know what I mean yeah I mean yeah. I mean your your best at creating the experiences you will really enjoy yourself so you, you need to really you know discover which type of player and which type of, you know, enjoyer you are, actually. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, because it's a, it's a long road to finish any creative project, so you need to have some sort of passion in there, don't you, to, to see from yeah. A to Z. 
that's it. And I I do it I mean, at least once a week, but more if I can. It depends. It depends which friends are around and stuff. But I think one of my best experiences where I I was lucky enough to do a three months internship in Great Britain, and I met really really awesome guy there. Um, and we played like board games every week, like so three times a week actually. And I, I love to playing board games. <laughs> so it's, I think that playing board games is an amazing way to learn to you know, yeah. You're a bit fuzzy there, Christoph. Uh, we, we, I think we missed most of what you said there. But yeah, I think the gist was you. Uh, made a connection with someone in the UK when you were there and you ex- basically exploited that opportunity to get in as much playtime as you could. Uh, is that correct? Yes, that's it. That's it. It's one of my best memories about, you know, playing board games with friends in a strange situation and I liked it. <laughs> Terrific. Christoph. Um, what's the main way that you get in touch with fans? How, how do people contact you when they, when they like the game? Ooh, uh, uh, there are a lot, a lot of ways. I think the most direct way is to meet me in conventions because I do some, like, I usually go uh, on Essen in October, but there are a lot of conventions around in France as well. But the thing is, if you're not French, I guess it's a bit boring to get to, to, get to France just to, for that. But other ways, I've got some... Uh, mails on Facebook most of the time or by um, board game geek and I've got sometimes really really strange things because I, I've got some messages where people say oh thank you because uh, we love the game and we di- we started to design board games with my children because we discovered your game so sometimes it's amazing to see how to you know, I just wanted to share my passion with this game, but it can make new players go into this world, and that, that's awesome, actually. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I, it is. I was, uh, Christoph, I was really impressed by the way that uh, I contacted you first through Board Game Geek, and you responded to my message within within a day, and, I, and that really impressed me. So, well done. That shows that you uh, appreciate your uh, people who take an interest in you and in your projects so um i think that's that's a good way to make friends and influence people is uh respond (laughs) i i I should say i i think you're just lucky because i'm not always as you know fast to answer my my message (laughs) (laughs) oh maybe this will uh, prompt you to uh be in the future yeah (laughs) it's just matt's charm And it's, it's not it's not an everyday thing. I mean, it's it's quite rare as well. I mean, there are some people that say some stuff, but it's not that often. Like I've got proposals to uh, like speak uh, on the internet and stuff. Oh. So that, that's I like it. <laughs> I feel very humbled then. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been terrific chatting with you, Christoph. We really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, as we say. Uh, Every, t- every month now, we, we really feel excited to be able to chat with people who are creating, uh, the creating games, games that we love, the great games that we like to play. So uh, it's, it's been 
a real pleasure to chat with you. We do have one final question, which is uh, our staple. Now, it's a very intense. It's very intense. Uh, (laughs) And by by that, we mean that it's not. (laughs) We need to know, uh, how do you stack your or store or organize your board game collection? Uh, It's it's a bit of a running gag that we've had. (laughs) Okay. Uh, it's, It's really... It's really an important question because I've got some. <laughs> I've got quite a bit board games. Uh, the thing is, um, it's a bit specific because I did some studies about board game libraries. I worked <laughs> into different board game libraries. So, do uh, you have some in, in Australia, actually? There's in Canberra. Yeah, I believe there's a big, there's yeah. a big one in Canberra. Yeah. So... I mean, in this type of place where you're, like, stocking a lot of board games, it's really an important question. And I've seen a really wide range of different ways of, like, putting games together. And there is only one really good way to stock them. I mean, it's to put it by size. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it's... Because when you've got a lot of games, just put... The, 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 the game by size is the easier way to, to do but I like to put separately the game for two players and the games uh, the traditional board games like you know uh, Go and Chess and uh, I, I don't know the word in English and you know I like to have some cat- categories like two player games traditional games and uh, fast games like um uh, times up or jungle speed and stuff, yeah. but most of the game are just like on the pies. That's it. Wow, that that sounds like you put more thought into it than than most people. Uh, yeah, the Dewey Decimal System of yeah. board games. <laughs> Actually, that's what I was expecting you to say that there was some sort of uh, uh, system that you adopted from the libraries. Yeah, Dewey Decimal or uh, alphabet alphabetical or something like that, but. Um, yeah, myself, my board games are all accorded, ac- stored according to the colour on the boxes. The most prominent colour oh, on the really? boxes. Oh, really? Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we do the same with our books at my place. It's really crazy, but it creates a, <laughs> a, a very kaleidoscopic effect, and it's very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> oh, I, I just so play Tetris like with mine. <laughs> I, I should try. I should try. I, I will try one time, and then we say I, I will send you a picture with my yeah. Do so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Christoph, I think that was Matt's way of saying he'd like another couple of yellow boxes to go with his copy of Colt Express. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Thank you for. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christoph, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a, gr- a really yes. huge pleasure for us. So, thank you for spending time with us this evening. And uh, what are you off to now that you're, uh, what are you going to be doing with the rest of your day? Ooh, good question. I will go for a rest, I think. But uh, we have, we plan with friends to uh, have a show outside, actually, because we had, like, a projector to see a movie outside. And we will, like, we will, will, like, just um, have a uh, a movie but like uh, there is um, a square just outside my my homes, and we we will try to project it on the wall actually. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> well, 
Yeah, you got we some... don't know if it will work, but we'll see. <laughs> what movie have you picked? Yeah. Which movie? So, oh, no idea, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no idea. We'll see. Go, go for I the good, hope... the bad, and the ugly. It's that catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a West End. There I, you I go. I bet for West End. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you, have a suggest- Do you have a suggestion for West End? Oh. Well, the guys are talking about the remake of the True Grit movie before. Is that... Yeah, <laughs> love True Grit. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, there's always Aliens versus Cowboys. Ooh, I I will go for this one. I want to see this one. Feature expansion. It's not really Western, is it? I mean, it's like, it's more a fun, you know, funny thing about Western. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you for inviting me. And it was was really a nice time. Thank you very much. It was brilliant, Christoph. Hopefully we can do it again uh, one day. We look forward to everything that you bring to us in the future. With pleasure. I don't know for now, but I hope uh, that will be good. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, so you take it easy. Thanks for your time, Christoph. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Are you ready to play Matt's Quiz? Matt's Quiz! Matt's Quiz! Woo-hoo. All right, tonight I've got the Wise-Ass Western Quiz. Wise-ass. A Western-themed right, quiz. Pilgrim. <laughs> it's a Western-themed quiz that'll leave you hogtied, outlawed, and wanting revenge. Ah, uh, hogtied One like us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, question one. Which of the following Western genre films has not been the subject of a remake? So which of the following films Ooh, has okay. not had a remake? Yeah. Is it True Grit? Is it 310 to Yuma? What? Is Three? it Tombstone? Three. Right. Is it The Magnificent Seven? So which one has not had a remake? True Grit, 310 to Yuma, Tombstone, or The Magnificent Seven? Just tell me in words, what is B? 310. 310 to Yuma. 310. 310. To Yuma. Think the train, a th- the 310 to Yuma. Oh, gotcha, yeah. yeah. Like a train. There's just like a whole bunch of syllables there that I just couldn't wrap my head around. <laughs> this Three. is going to be one of those questions where there's dodgy things, isn't it? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think will. we should take this outside and, and draw, oh, draw at high noon. He wants I will you to step take outside. you to the wild, wild west, my friend. <laughs> I, when you said no, 310... No, we don't, don't need to go that far. When you said 310 <laughs> to humour, I just heard tent humour. And I was like, <laughs> tent humour? Speaking <laughs> of tent humour, question two. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> Belgian writer René Gossini, Gossini mm-hmm. was one of the initial writers for the comic series Lucky Luke. Ah. Oh. What is Gossini's other humorously historical <laughs> comic claim to fame? Okay. So what is Rene Gossini's other historical comic claim to fame? What is it? Oh, I can break that question down and make it real simple for me. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Lucky all right. me, I only know one historical comic. There you go. <laughs> question three. Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> gotcha, Mark, actually. <laughs> this yeah. is a fun little one. This is called Finish My Sentence, Partner. All right, one of my uh, abstract ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to read you out a sentence, which is uh, uh, a bit of Wild West, I guess, folklore or something like that. Uh, a proverb, a Wild West proverb. And you, I'm going to read the sentence and you have to come up with the ending. Now, I do have definite answers. Oh, so it's oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hopefully the logic will take over and you'll 
figure it out. First one. So I'll give you the first one. So if you find yourself digging in a hole, the first thing to do is, and the answer would be, What's well, what would you give as an answer? Well, I'd say, well, where's the beginning of the sentence that I need to finish? No, that's... the end. You finish the end. I finish the end of the sentence. Well, you make the end of the sentence. I'll give you the sentence and you give me the ending. Yeah, so give me the beginning of the sentence. <laughs> if you find yourself in a hole, the first thing to do is... <laughs> write down the answer. Um, climb out. Jamie, tell me you get it. Stop digging. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, really? All right, stop digging. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get thrashed. <laughs> okay, now we'll get on to the, one, the that's real good. ones. That's good knowledge. That is, that's uh, not, not good knowledge, but that's, that's wisdom. This is. This is Old West Proverbs. <laughs> yeah, that's said, right. Well, I am a wise guy. That West, was uh, yeah. Will Rogers apparently said that. Some, oh, guy, right. some guy called Will Rogers. Anyway. Oh, this is like country. Some guy called Will Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Brilliant cowboy singer. <laughs> I know, that's, is this just going to be like the country and western um, titles of songs like, I'm just trying to keep the horse between me and the ground. We'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> the next one. We'll see. He was a good country and western singer. <laughs> <laughs> The bigger well, we're on this topic, I, I have to I have to quickly jump in. Yeah. Has anyone seen the YouTube video of Patrick Stewart singing cowboy songs? No. <laughs> oh, no really? <laughs> Look it up after the podcast. <laughs> Just Patrick will. Stewart singing cowboy songs. It is the funniest thing you've ever seen. That's happening. I think Matt and I are going to crack a beer and uh, watch awesome. YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Okay. Number, well, we'll call this A. 3A. All right. 3A. The bigger a man's gun, the smaller his. <laughs> Write down your answer. The bigger a man's gun, the smaller his. Mm. Okay. okay. The bigger a man's gun. <laughs> you shouldn't really have to think too hard. But anyway, maybe you will. Comedy value. Let's see. Next one. Don't squat with your... This isn't... Go- well, okay. <laughs> Don't, this is, Don't this is s- Old West is proverb that? saying things. Yeah, somebody said this sometime to another person, probably. Don't squat with your what? Don't squat with your... Oh, and, and then... you've got to come up with that. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't squat with your... <laughs> this is so good. All right, next one. Never drop your gun to hug a... Blank. Is that, does it help if I say blank? Yeah. Okay, we're would. playing blankety blanks here. Yeah. Never drop your gun to hug a... Blank. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> How you going, Jamie? Uh, poorly, David. How are oh, you going? Oh, good. I'm going very poorly. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see. I've written you the explain. same. I've written the same thing for all of them, but I've got. I need to come up with some better answers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. Yeah. I promise. Never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from a blank. Fool. Okay. Never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from blank. Um, it could be more than one word. Okay, blank just means that there's a blank space. I probably didn't need to explain a, that. A fool from a... I'm just uh, monologuing here. <laughs> All right. God, that was tough. That's tough. Question, I think, three. No, no four. Like question four. Oh, quizzes. this is the fun. All right. This one's called Name That Theme Tune. Okay. I've got seven Western film and television theme tunes. You'll have 20 seconds of each. Seven. Jeez. Seven. Wow. All right. Seven. Seven of them played one after the other. 
Okay. Name them in the order that they play. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I guess if you can't figure out Get one, any. just go blank. <laughs> because the points will be awarded here for the person that gets the most. All right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, are you ready? Points, because we're counting. Boy, I hope now. this works. Ready. Here we go. So you just got to write down what you think it is. That's one. Okay. Sounds like every AFL theme. I know. Well, that was was that was a TV show. Next one. Hmm. There's about twenty seconds of each, <laughs> so we can just get into the into the feel for it. <laughs> All right, that's that one. All right. I'm glad I've seen Blues Brothers. Next one? Yeah. How you going there, Jamie? Keeping up? I'm uh, managing. Two more to go. Last one. That's very ominous, that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said it was TV shows. Yeah. Oh, TV so shows and movies. Oh, and movies. Yeah. Oh, crap. All right, there I you go. Only, I can only guess TV shows. So that's all seven. Ready to move on? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> all right. Spaghetti westerns, macaroni westerns, Italian westerns are all terms used to describe the broad subgenre of westerns produced in Europe with Italian directors between 1960 and 1980. Approximately how many of these films were made during this time to the nearest 100? So is there 100, 200, so on, so on, so on? Oh. You can say more than or less than, that's Between fine. what year? 1960 and 1980. <laughs> oh, really? So 40 so years, over a 40-year period. That's tw- 1960 and uh, 1980. What did I say? 40 years. Yeah, that's no, 20 years. Period. That's 20 years. Sorry. Right. So how many spaghetti <laughs> westerns did they make in 20 years? Yep. Oh, boy. And, and to the nearest 100. Yep. That's um, a clue in itself. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right. How many were made during that time to the nearest 100? And you can say more than God. or less than, okay? 
Okay, more than one. <laughs> so the 100. nearest hundred, yeah. More okay. than one hundred. <laughs> and the next game is called Spaghetti or Spaghetti Western. Okay, All this right. sounds so, more. This sounds more like my kind of. So gig. I've gone multiple and, choice. I've gone and written down. Well, I, I've done my research. I've put down ten Spaghetti Western titles, movie titles. Yeah. However, three of them are fake. All right, three of them are made up. So you've got to spot the three fakes out of ten. Okay. So first one, Navajo Joe. A bullet for the general. Blood on the ranch. Southeast of Texas. Lemonade Joe. Duck, you sucker. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Il Buno, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. The Mercenary. Day of Anger. So they're ten... Potential spaghetti westerns, or are they just which ones are the spaghetti? That's what you're trying to pick up, pick out. Give us, give them to us one yep. more time, real quick. All right, Navajo Joe. Yeah. A bullet for the general. Blood on the ranch. Southeast of Texas. Lemonade Joe. Duck you sucker. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Il Buno, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. That's a good one, that. The Mercenary, Day of Anger. How'd you go, the, Jamie? You're right? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? So there's 10, <laughs> three of them are fake. I, I wrote down three of those things. Yeah. <laughs> good. So I like, I like multiple choice. I feel like I'm in with a shot, you know? Oh, excellent. I yeah. like to be have you the illusion of feeling like you're able. Oh, well, no, I haven't had that for the previous questions. <laughs> the last question. Oh, Final question. There's more. Oh, no, you're not in with a shot. You're number one with a bullet. Ah, <laughs> writes his own West Spaghetti Western in right in front of us. Colt Express is currently the highest ranked Western themed board game on Board Game Geek. Correct. What is its ranking? Oh. And I'll give you a hint. <laughs> what is its ranking? I'll give you a hint. There's 84,918 listings on Board Game Geek. Yeah. Okay. Shall I give you another hint? No, no. <laughs> Unless you're looking at my answer and it's not correct. It's the highest ranked Western theme board game. Yeah, you said that. Good. All right. Yeah. What's its ranking? All right. Misery over. Let's go to the. What do you mean? Now we've got to find out how badly answers. we went. <laughs> so, question oh. one Which one of the following Western genre films has not been the subject of a remake? David. Uh, well, three tent to humour. Jamie, Magnificent Seven. No, Magnificent Seven was remade, but with You're a different both name. Incorrect. It oh. was Tombstone. Tombstone got remade by Clint Eastwood in the eighties. Oh man, really? You're going to burst my bubble? <laughs> Matt gets a negative one. <sighs> <laughs> but Magnificent Seven, the remake is about to come out. The trailers have just dropped. Well, it's actually. <laughs> Well, technically, the Magnificent Seven's been remade twice because it was originally the Seven Samurai. But well, that's true. Um, well, there you go. But True Grit. Oh, really? I when I looked up, see, I looked up specifically Tombstone remake, and I didn't get anything. 
I suppose arguably they're two different films, just with the same name. No, don't argue with him. Um, oh. he's, got it, he's got it wrong. Uh, and so we're... It's okay, it's okay. We get no points either yeah, way. We get oh, no points, man. yeah. And maybe I get a point. <laughs> hey, do you want to know who the cast of The New Magnificent Seven is? Probably not, but go on. Denzel Washington, Chris so, Pratt, good. Ethan Hawke, Lee Byung-hun, Vincent D'Onofrio. I can hit be like wicked. What's he yeah, from? Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Private Pile from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, 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 oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. And Kingpin from Daredevil. Any Riptorn? Peter Sarsgaard. Riptorn needs to be in every no Western. Riptorn was in like, well, I knew about Riptorn before I even knew who he was because he had the funniest <laughs> name in the credits on it Western movies. It is the movie. best name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then he was, if you haven't ever seen it, uh, Larry Sanders show, the producer in that, Riptorn, genius. Oh, nice. yeah. And Men in Black. Yeah, he's in the Men in Black. But as, a, as the producer in... Uh, in, oh, um, it's great there, yeah. Yeah, I just love that. Okay, next question. Belgian writer Rene Goscinny was one of Goscinny was one of the initial writers for the comic Luke comic series Lucky Luke. What was Goscinny's other humorously historical comic claim to fame? Jamie. No, the only one I've got is Asterisk. David. Uh, I went with Tintin. It's Asterix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Woo. What was his name again? Goscinny. Asterix. Oh, Goscinny. Goscinny. You know, Umberto yeah, yeah, and Goscinny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do remember seeing his name now. Finish my sentence. Oh. <laughs> in, the, right. in this comp, I desperately need points. Oh. The bigger a man's gun, the smaller oh. his, David. Oh, don't go with me first. Uh, the no, bigger a man's first. gun, the smaller his... Uh, I, look, I wrote penis. Jamie? I, there's no theory. Pistol. Okay. This was said by Calamity Jane, Yeah, allegedly. The bigger a man's I mean, gun, the smaller his doodlewick. Oh, so that's the same. You've got it close there, <laughs> David? Woo-hoo. Is this right. a point for everyone you get right? Yeah, sure, why not? All right, uh, sweet. <laughs> it's, it's, tr- it's one all. Next one. Don't squat with your Jamie. Butt facing north. <laughs> <laughs> I might also give a point to the most humorous. David? I, I wrote penis again because I was being silly. <laughs> and um, I drew a picture of one. Well, for creativity, I'm giving it to Jamie. Oh, but I it was don't squat with your spurs on. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next one. Never drop your gun to <clears throat> hug a David. A book cactus. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> uh, tree? Bear? Uh, bear tree? Oh. You just shouldn't. <laughs> Hang on. Did you anyway? write bear? I wrote tree, bear, bear tree. <laughs> uh, okay. Bear tree. David, you wrote cactus. Sounds but... like you're making Gygax monsters over there. <laughs> Is bear actually the answer? Never drop your gun to hug a grizzly, so yes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why would you what, why a... would you ever do that? That's why yeah. it's old Western proverb, you know. There's advice that can be not be followed by anybody ever because... Yeah. Do you think the advice should be don't hug a bear? Well, actually, after watching, I, I watched a Russian um, YouTube video today about a guy who, a family oh, yeah. who had oh, yeah. a, a bear as a pet. Mm. So, that's all right. And that thing was seven feet tall. Wow. And they were hugging it. Yeah. And then it said, and, and he eats like 90 pounds of food each day or something like that. Close, 55. 55. Yeah. And then it just panned out and showed the family and I went, it's about <laughs> half of what they're eating. Yeah. <laughs> Last one. Never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from David. A uh, point of sense or from a sensible argument or something of, along those lines. Jamie? Any direction. Any direction is the answer. Man, he's well practically done. from the West. <laughs> I've heard that one. <clears throat> there you uh. go. Uh, name that theme tune. Now, do you want me to play him again and just call yeah. out the answers? Uh, 
What do you want to do? Or do you just want to call out the answers? Oh, no, let's, play, let's call out the answers. Right, I go. didn't know you could have movies. Okay, so they're movies. All right, so first one. Isn't this, isn't this like any AFL team anthem? Something they like that. They all sound like that. What this. do you think, David? I went with Davy Crockett. Jamie? Is it Rin Tin Tin? <laughs> no, it's actually F Troop. F Troop. Yeah, the F Troop. <laughs> this next one, come oh, this, on. This Jamie. one's going to kill me. It's the Lone Ranger. David? Right, no, I didn't know that. It's the Lone Ranger. Is it? All right. Yeah, sorry, we're locked into listening to it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Maybe I'll start okay, the answer halfway groovy. through. Um... Right, we've <laughs> said time that. to think about the next one. Yeah, I've got to think of some movies and just. Now I know this. Let's see if but whether I know the it. answer or not. Uh, Victoria Bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, but no. Is it High think? Chaparral? It is the High Chaparral. Yeah. Well done. Oh. Da-da-da. What do you think there, David? Is it me? Bonanza? Bonanza! Jamie, it what'd is you get? Bonanza. Yeah, that was, the, that was the one I hope you'd both get. This, this is next a... one might be tricky. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just can't get over how much tambourine or... You know those tambourines that you <laughs> yeah. attach to the hi-hat? It sounds very light and fluffy. Jamie, what do you think? Gunsmoke. What do you think Ooh, there, David? No idea. It was gun smoke. Well, well done, done, Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Misspent you. <laughs> what about this next one? I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking Spielberg. Okay, oh, but what yeah. about if you have to name it? Oh. hasn't it? What about what about um, Back to the Future Part Three? No. Oh, what is it, Jamie? Is it the 310 to Yuma? No, it was the Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Nice. That's good, bad, and ugly. And what's this? It is the good, bad, and the ugly. The, it yeah. is the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it. I've, I've listened to this about yeah. I don't know, 50, 60 times. Well, actually, that's a lie. I've listened to it about five or six times since. Um, yeah, since good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And you're more a 60. It sounded yeah. better. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. Spaghetti Westerns, Macaroni Westerns, Italian Westerns, call them what you will. Hmm. They were produced in Europe with Italian directors between 1960 and 1980. Approximately how many of these do you think were made to the nearest hundred, Jamie? 800. David? Oh, I've gone 1,700. Okay, the closest person is Jamie, because it was more than 600, but less than 700. More than 600, but less than 700, right. Yeah. It's still a colossal <laughs> amount, isn't it's it? It's a hell of a lot. In, yeah. In, in 20 years. It's 600 pretty crazy. Westerns. But they just love them over there. Um, cause they're, they're, uh, what do you mean over there? They were just like everywhere. Though. Well, I mean, but they love, the, year, they love you know? the Western theme. Yeah, you, you know? probably, I should have tried a bit of math. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti or spaghetti Westerns. So there were... What I'll do is I'll just get you to tell me which three you yeah. picked, okay? Yeah. Uh, David, which three did you pick? Um, I can't read my writing, but it looks like Buttered for General, Bro of Wolf, and Duck, You Sucker. Okay, so... You know what I'm driving at. I'll tell you, you've got one correct, David. Okay. Jamie, which one? I had uh, Southeast of Texas, because no one goes Southeast ever. It's the Gulf uh, of Mexico. Duck, You Sucker, He's and w- Day of Anger. He's really thought that through. Okay. Navajo Joe was... Burt Reynolds in 66. 
Bullet for the General came out in 66. Blood on the Ranch, totally fake. I made that Blood up. Blood on the Ranch. I, had, I Googled it to make sure. Yeah. Southeast of Texas is the Gulf of Mexico is uh, fake. I made that up. Hey. Lemonade Joe came out in 64. Duck, You Sucker is a Sergio Leone film. Yeah. <laughs> Brotherhood of the Wolf was a French historical horror, so completely out it's of the It's got werewolves, right? I, I was thinking No, no yeah. not even a werewolf. It's a, it's a, a, a lion. Oh, spoiler. It's old. Is it old enough now? No, I know the sure. one. Sure. I know the one. It's a think- lion dressed up as a spiky thing. I know. I'm the, I know the one you're thinking of, Jamie. Brotherhood of the Wood. It's, yeah, something like that. I'm sure it's soldiers. a French werewolf movie. Yeah. Something. No. Anyway, yeah, anyway. I, I've said I actually own it. So, uh, Il Bueno, Il Buno, Il, Il Buno, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo is the good, the bad, the ugly. No. The Mercenary is another film, but I don't have any details for it. <laughs> right. um, but it is a film. Uh, it is a spaghetti western. And La- Day of Anger starred Lee Van Cleef, who so what was the, the bad in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And I think he must have done more westerns than any other person on this planet. Now, nah, Rip Torn. I've got to disagree. <laughs> I don't know. Rip I, looked, I looked at Lee Van Cleef's bio, and it was just Western, 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 Western. Yeah, <laughs> and and it was just phenomenal. I can't. And he was always typecast as like a villain. Yeah. So, well, look, um, did you see the pretty, face on him though? I mean, oh yeah. He's not going to be the uh, the love interest, <laughs> is he? No. Yeah. Last question. Cold Express is currently the highest ranked Western themed board game on Board Game Geek. What is its ranking, Jamie? Uh, I took a stab in the dark and said number 200. Ooh. David? I went with 243. Is that really your answer? Yeah. Because that's the correct answer. I know. I did just Because ca- <laughs> I was researching, I yeah. think it just came to me. It must have stuck <laughs> well, in there go. somewhere. Well done. So the yeah. score was, I think you're both you even. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, you're even. Well done. Oh, that's a draw. Oh, that's right. a draw, partners. Now you just got to go out into the street. Reach for the sky. Street high noon and shoot <laughs> each other dead. I still like to point out I drew a cock and balls on my answers, which I, I should put me that. in front on the, on the creativity stage. That doesn't state. give you a point. That was Matt's quiz, though. marked for that in school. <laughs> so there we go. I had a lot of fun with that one. I, I, had a, a, I probably had more fun making it than you guys did have doing it. But anyway. You're right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Matt. I hope you're still with us, listener. Because what have we got coming up after this? Need uh, some twos. Need some twos. Oh, this is good too. Stay tuned. Need some twos. Need some twos. Need some twos for the uh, month of August. Uh, well, the hindsight what have we got we've had some uh, action on the uh, the usual the, the giveaway this month yeah what, what's 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 popular we have, my personal favorite was peter west not only did he agree with me that invisibilia is a great podcast thus making himself a man of distinguishment and taste yeah but <laughs> he went on to use the pun this episode was a really a great one Really a deep one. A deep one even, yeah. Yeah, no, he's gold. He's, he's banged out three puns, all, well, two puns all in, in one hit in sentence. I like James up. Russell Wills. His uh, comment, flying spaghetti monster with legs, shows creativity. And uh, Paul Campbell, flying in the face of uh, the odds there, he says, hey, there's only 24 comments. I like the odds of winning this game. And then immediately made it 25 <laughs> comments. <laughs> So, oh, sweet irony. I like a guy who thumbs his, thumbs his nose at the stats. Yeah. 
Uh, any of you guys uh, listening, if you want to get in touch with us at podcast at sevenlandhand.com, uh, we'll get you a Hypermagic Nerd badge if you haven't already got one. Um, game of the Month special, Cult Express. Good Games are list- giving our listeners 10% off Cult Express this month. Uh, just walk into your Good Games store and state the password, fellas. Reach for the sky! Reach. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh. Remember last month we decided that passwords have to be sung now just to make Matt happy? So I think... Oh, God. Continuing in the, the trend. In the style of paint your, paint your wagon. Um, S Club 7 had this, this song called uh, Reach for the Stars. <laughs> oh, no. You know, so I think we can go Reach for the Sky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that will get you 11% off. That's <laughs> uh, um, very strange looks. Uh, yeah. Uh, any game, a good game store anywhere in the brave new world. And you know what? You're going to save a fistful of dollars. Uh, and for so a few dollars more, you, you could, could get some sleeves, 132 of them, buy two packs of 80. <laughs> pro tip. Yeah, go for it, Space Cowboy. This lasts only for the month of August, so you've got to get in there quick. And if 10% is still not enough, you, know, you can just go and win it by commenting on the Facebook post for this episode 72. 72 episodes old, fellas. Unbelievable. Uh, this post is now pinned to the top of Sevenland Hand's Facebook page. And one commenter will be randomly chosen by Good Games HQ as this month's winner of the Asmodee Classic Cult Express. Uh, oh, here we go. Someone like, for example, last month's winner, Jamie? Last month's winner is Renee Soria. Woohoo! Hey! There you go. So, Renee's been a, a regular commenter and entry, enterer. He is. I, I know Renee. He loves games, and I'm sure he's going to be very happy to have won uh, Cthulhu Realms. Yeah, fantastic. Well done, Renee. Uh, so we'll be in touch uh, shortly with uh, how you can claim your prize. Okay, uh, so please comment on any of our Facebook posts. Get, get involved in the discussion. It's all about building a community, and it's nice if we talk to one another and we can read out your comments. We enjoy a laugh. We enjoy yeah. a bit of banter. Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was Thanks, say, David. I love hanging out with you too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that I'm, I'm going to increase my presence on Thursday night board game night. Um, at speaking Cannington of store. which, at, Canning, at the Cannington store. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Daniel informed me that on the fourth of August, mm. there's actually a rep from the WA rep from Mantic Games is going to be there to uh, to teach showcase uh, one of their uh, games that are out at the moment. I think it's kings of war but i i could be wrong um it'll be on the uh either it'll be on the good games cannington page or it'll be on our facebook page when that actually yeah uh, we'll with the correct information well. yeah 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 but mantic so, uh, yeah getting involved a lot of stuff they did the walking dead game and yep. then they've got a lot of other dead zone yeah uh, dread zone sorry um yeah yeah good stuff uh anything else happened down your end of the world there jamie not exactly but uh I thought we should give a shout out to the fact that Good Games is going to Gen Con. Uh, and um, we're going to have a booth there for Good Games Publishing. We'll be showing off a couple of our games that are still in prototype, as well as Monstrous, which has been released. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also Good Games USA. Yeah, I was going to say. We're opening up franchises over there now. Gen-, Gen Con being in Indianapolis, and Indianapolis being where uh, Good Games USA is opening up, right? That's incredible. That's right. Now, if that wasn't enough... Yep. David and I are going to be there on the booth, so you can brush with fame. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> American listeners, drop by and say hello, and we'll, uh, we'll have, uh, I'll probably have a fistful of um, Seven Land Hand Hyper Magic Nerd badges right with me. Make sure you ask, where's Matt? No, I don't I thought, We thought he was going to be here. It's the only reason why we're here. 
they're, they're probably also going to ask, where is Matt in the sense of, is what's the difference between Western Australia and Eastern Australia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, anyway, I, I wish you luck on that trip. Yeah, well, Gen Con, well, so that's uh, in a fortnight's time we'll be back. So we'll have, we'll probably go around and um, say hello to a few people, a few old friends like Todd Rowland, for example. Don't forget the fat tyre. Yeah, we owe him a, a case of, what is it? Fat, fat, fat tyre. Fat tire. Yeah. So we'll go around and say hello to him and a few other people, uh, so you can see what sort of conversations we can get Ooh, up. You might catch up with the um, the Shut Up and Sit Down crew. I know they're going to be at Gen Con. Yeah, say we'll hello. S- we'll see what we can do. If At the very least, we'll come back with wild stories of adventure and gaming. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and then uh, next month, we're going to have a look at the uh, 2016 Spill de Jars winner. Codenames. Codenames. Yeah. Great game and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, that'd be great fun. All right. Anything else to add? Any Plus, other... uh, don't forget, yep. in two weeks, we're going to have our, uh, our Gen Con review show. Did, wait a minute. Didn't uh, I just say that? Did you jump in that uh, that time Simon, car and go backwards in time? And He's been doing this uh, podcast at 88 miles <laughs> per hour. Maybe yeah. my Skype connection dropped out. I don't know, but it sounded <laughs> like we missed that part. Yeah. Well, now you know twice over. Next fortnight's time, Gen Con. It's no excuse. All right, we better get ourselves to Indianapolis, Jamie. Oh, and that's why we haven't had a... Yeah, right, start flapping your arms. That's why there wasn't <laughs> a uh, Seven Land Hand Extra in July, because we'd be on planes. Yeah, All yeah right. that's it. All right, good stuff. I'd like to thank Christoph for joining us for an interview. Uh, T- giving up his time as they all these people we've been speaking to lately have been doing. They're very gracious. Thanks, Christoph. I'd like to thank Wes, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want <laughs> nada. None of this six gun and this brother running this Buffalo Soldier. Look, it's like I told you. See, Matt, that's why you got to do rehearsals. I'd like to thank Jamie for enlightening <laughs> us all to the ex- to the uh, the wild wild west. <laughs> oh. Wiki wah wah. It's a state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. David, I'd like to thank you for keeping this show on the road, on the, on the rail, and uh, chugging along like any good steam billy should. And freezing. Like, it is and we're freezing because we can't put the heater on whilst we do the podcast. <laughs> otherwise, you hear all the way through. I'd like to thank the Invictus Stream, who you heard the bump at the beginning of the oh, show. Yeah. Uh, they're doing their Deadlands campaign at the moment, so uh, if you happen to be into that kind of thing, uh, give them a listen on YouTube, a watch on YouTube. Yeah. Invictus sounds like they're asking to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Invictus, anytime. <laughs> I hope Harlan sees that. Oh, here's that. All right. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got. I think... Uh, Let's get out of here because it's freezing cold and, and uh, it's getting It's also very late in Sydney, so yeah, really let's do that. It's yeah, like, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> the meeples are fro- frosted <laughs> over. <laughs> the meeples or the meatballs? Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>